Hi, I'm Pastor Lisa. As things are slowly starting to reopen, I'm sure like me, many of you are excited to do some of the things that we have been waiting for months to do. For example, this past week, I finally decided to go and get a haircut. I was so excited because I had been waiting to do this for months. But when I went, the experience was totally different because of the many changes that had been implemented and the different ways that they're doing things. And while I understand there's good reason for this, the experience overall was different. I thought to myself, things are, are constantly changing in our world. And there are so many things that are, are around us that are happening, that are being implemented, that are being taken away and, and whatnot. And I thought to myself, change can be a good thing. Change, when we look at it and we see the positive effects of it, can be a good thing. And so as much as we are experiencing external changes around us, I believe that we should be able to experience, in this time especially, some very significant internal changes as well. Internal changes that are important. That's why I wrote this series called The Change Series. And this is one of one part of the many parts of this message that you will get to experience over the next few weeks. And I pray and I hope that you as individuals and as families will be challenged. Challenged to bring about change in your lives. Challenged to draw closer to the Lord in this time and be challenged to change. Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 17, tells us this. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far away from the life God gives, because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame, for they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by the lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this time that we can dive into your word. Lord, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you, to be led by your spirit. And we pray that, Lord, you would help to bring about change in our lives. And so, God, may you transform us. May you help to open up the eyes of our hearts and give us understanding. May we be obedient to respond to the leading of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This passage of scripture here that we've just read was written by the Apostle Paul. And here Paul challenges his readers to live changed lives. He challenges them to leave their old ways of life behind and to begin to live the way Christ has called them to live. Paul tells them not to live as Gentiles, and what that can mean for us means to not live as people who do not know God.
Now, you may think to yourselves, this is not applicable to me because I am already a Christian. I know God. And that's great if you do. But the truth is that whether Christian or not, there are always things in our life that can be changed. Things that we can improve and things that we can get better at. And no matter how old or young we are, change can happen. They often say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And whether that is what you believe or not, I believe that change can happen. Even if you may be used to doing something a certain way, even if you may have a certain mindset that you've always had your whole life, even if you're used to being or acting or behaving in a certain way, you can decide to change. You can make that decision to decide to change. Verse 17 says, live no longer as the Gentiles do. That means what Paul is saying is that you have the choice to no longer act like what they're acting like, to be what they're being like. You can be you and you can live a changed life. Just because you've always done something a certain way, been a certain way, behaved a certain way, thought a certain way, does not mean that it always has to be that way. You can be a changed person. And sometimes it's difficult to leave behind a behavior or a habit because we've grown comfortable. We've grown accustomed to it. We know that. But God calls us to a higher standard of living. He calls us out to be people who are changed and transformed by him. And may you be reminded of the fact that he will help to change you. He doesn't just say change. He says, I will help you. When we call on him, when we ask him for his help, he comes alongside and he helps to change and to transform us. But we need to make that decision, to make that decision, to be the best individual that we can be, to be the best Christian that we can be, to be the best spouse, best parent, best worker, best student, best grandparent, whatever role you may play in your life. Choose to be the best that you can be at that. You can decide to change. You have the power to do that. Some of you know the home improvement store Lowe's. Their tagline, in case you don't know, is never stop improving. And that is a tagline that I often hear if you watch commercials or on the radio. And I believe that we should make that the tagline of our own lives. That we should, as individuals and as Christians, never stop improving. That we should continue to grow closer to God, continue to improve in our relationship with Christ, continue to draw closer to him, to know him more and more. We should never stop improving. You see, no one can force you to change. You are the only one who can make the decision to do that. You can decide to change. You can decide to stop intentionally sinning. You are the one who can decide to not gossip with other people when they gossip. You are the one who can decide to pay for an item instead of stealing it. You are the one who can decide to tell the truth 
even if it's easier to just lie. You are the one who can decide to stop swearing or stop using bad language. You are the one who can decide for yourself to be positive instead of always being negative. You are the one who can decide to stop smoking, drinking, gambling, watching pornography, or indulging in some other sin or bad habit. You are the one who can decide to give thanks instead of complaining. You are the one who can decide for yourself to let go of friends who are bad influences in your life. You are the one who can decide to see the good in people instead of the bad. You are the one who can decide to forgive others instead of holding on to grudges. You are the one who can decide to say no to living a sinful life. And you are the one who can decide for yourself to put God first in every single area of your life. You are the one who can decide. You are the one who holds the power for that change to happen. What will you decide? Will you decide to change? Only you have the power to decide for yourself. And when you decide, it means that you have made up your mind, that you have determined that this is what I'm going to do, that this is the change I'm going to make. Paul goes on to tell his readers that their lives are concerned with empty things. They're concerned with empty things that don't matter and their minds are darkened because of their ignorance. Because of their ignorance, they walk in darkness. If you're a night owl like me, you probably usually stay up late while maybe your other family members go to bed at a decent time. And there are times when I leave my bedroom late at night because I have to go and get something or I come in late from work or wherever I am. And to be mindful of everyone else in my household, I often try not to turn on the lights. And you may have experienced this as well. So I often try to just kind of feel my way through, but there was one particular night I remember where I came in and I had all these bags, all this stuff from the long day that I had, and it was late at night, and of course I was trying to be quiet and not make too much noise, but most of all trying not to turn on the lights to wake up everyone else in the house. And so I was trying to feel my way through the darkness. And if you've ever seen pitch black, you know that it's very difficult to see your way through pitch black. And so I was, you know, trying not to stumble and fall. And I was doing well until I got to the stairs. And so I was going up the stairs when all of a sudden I fell up the stairs. I fell forward. And if you don't know what falling up the stairs feels like, it's a real thing. <laughs> right, Chris? It's a real thing. And especially when you fall on your knees on oak staircase, it hurts because there's no cushion there to support you. And so I was already holding all my stuff. I was frustrated. I was upset. I was now in pain. So I decided I was going to turn on the lights. I was no longer concerned about what everyone else in my household would say, but I turned on the lights. And by doing that, that simple action of turning on the lights, I was now able to see where I was going, what was in my way, and get to where I needed to go, my bedroom, safely. 
I was able to do that because I turned on the lights. You see, when we walk in darkness, feeling our way through life, we often walk in paths that we don't know where they're going to lead. And when we walk in darkness, we, we do so with our minds and hearts hardened and closed to God. And we can often stumble and fall and, and try this direction or try this way because we don't know where it is really we need to go. Our path is unclear and we somehow hope that we will end up at the end of our life where we need to go, that we will somehow make it to heaven and, and just have that wonderful life that we always hope for, but we're never certain that we're really going to have. You don't have to continue in the same way and in the same mindset with the same attitude that you have always had. When we close our minds to God, and when we harden our hearts towards him, we shut out all the light that he wants to let inside of us. And so only darkness remains in us. But when we turn on the light, when we ask God to come into our lives, when we ask him to shed his light in our life, then our path becomes clear. Then we can see. You see, the light when we ask God to come in, exposes the darkness and drives it out. The light exposes the sin, the things in our lives that need to change, the things that we need to remove and work on. And sometimes we may not want to see those things because sin is ugly. But God says, come and I will help you. He wants to help to remove those things in our lives. But it is only when we turn on the light that we truly can see what's there and be able to follow the path that God has desired and set out before us. When we truly have turned on the light, we no longer have to wonder if we'll make it, but we certainly can know for sure about the eternal life that is in store for us in heaven because of Christ Jesus. When we live apart from God, we can easily lose our moral compass. We can easily forget and, and start having no idea that what we're doing is even wrong. And what we need to do is to allow God to renew our mind and our attitude. In verses 18 and 23, it talks about that. Verse 23 says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew those things. In other words, allow God to change your mind. Allow God to change your mind and to be renewed. You see, our mindset affects our attitude. The way that we think about things is how we react and how we deal with things. Therefore, it's what we think will cause us to do certain things a certain way. Our attitude affects what we do and how we treat people. When we have a negative attitude, it causes us to negatively affect the way that we treat people and how we treat them. So for example, when we look at biblical examples of this, Jacob tricked Esau into giving up his birthright simply because Esau was hungry. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery simply because they were jealous that their father favored him. 
The Pharisees tried to accuse and trap Jesus because they didn't want people following him instead of following them. The Israelites grumbled and complained because they faced some challenges along their journey. If we're honest, we, and that is me included, sometimes don't always have a good attitude about things. If we're honest, we don't always have a great attitude depending what the situation is. In certain areas of life, we can have a bad attitude and not even realize it. Have a bad attitude and not even realize that we're having a bad or negative attitude about something. When we see others being blessed with the things that we have been praying hard for and have not yet received, can we honestly and genuinely say that we are happy for them? Can we honestly and genuinely rejoice with those who rejoice? When someone buys a new vehicle or moves into a new house, when someone gets engaged or gets promoted in their company, when someone is expecting a baby or they start their own business, when someone gets accepted into the school that you wanted to go to or starts a new job when you're looking for one, when someone gets a pay increase or pays off their mortgage, can we honestly say that we are happy for them? You see, even when others receive the blessings that we have been praying hard for, our attitude, when we have the right attitude, we can say to ourselves, our time will come. Our blessing is, is on its way. That God has not forgotten us, but that he will take care of us as well. And so our attitude sometimes needs to be adjusted to know that it's not based on what we have or what we don't have, what we get or what we don't get, but simply because we can have a good attitude because of Christ Jesus, because of him being our savior. In the church, we also can have a bad attitude and not realize it. If we're not thanked for something we did or we don't get the opportunity to do this or to do that or brother or sister so-and-so walked past us without saying good morning or saying hello or you weren't at church one Sunday and no one called you, sometimes we can have a bad attitude and not even realize it. And when we bring that bad attitude into our church, into our families, into our community, it negatively affects everything else that happens. It starts to affect the kind of conversations that we have. It starts to affect the things that we do or how we talk about people or how we treat other people. And it's important that we get rid of those things. We can get so caught up in our immediate feelings that we tend to focus on the minute and very insignificant things and we lose sight of the big picture. There are many times where I may not and you may not be able to control what happens to you. But what we can control is our attitude and how we react towards it. Charles Swindle wrote a paragraph about attitude in his book, Strengthening Your Grip. He says this, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more remarkable and more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. 
It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. You are in charge of your attitudes. You see, we are the one who are in charge of our attitudes. No one can tell us what to think or how to think, but we can think and we can act for ourselves. We have the ability to change, and we need to ask God. We need to allow God to renew our minds and our attitudes, to make it like his, to help us to see things the way that he sees it, to change our perspective so that we can be more like him. Because at the end of the day, that is our goal, to be more and more like him. May you ask yourself this question, am I coming before the Lord with the right attitude? Am I coming before the Lord with the right attitude? And I believe that's why the psalmist David wrote, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So that if my attitude or my thoughts or my mindset is not in the right place, change it, O God. Change it. If we are walking in darkness, we really can't see what is right and what is wrong. But once we have experienced God's light, a light that is so bright and shines, it drives out the darkness. The things that you once took pleasure and delighted in, you will see is impure and wrong in the sight of God. And God wants us to stay away from anything that is impure. In verses 19 to 22, he says they have no sense of shame, for they live lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. No, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. In other words, that is not what Jesus taught you to do. So you need to change. You need to stay away from the things that you know are now wrong, for the things that cause you to be impure, for the things that cause us to be separated from Christ. Sin is anything that keeps us from God. It is anything that goes against his word, his commandments, his teaching, his very nature. God wants us to throw off our old sinful nature, our former way of life to get rid of it because it's corrupted by lust and deception. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7 says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. We are called to live holy and pleasing lives to God. The devil often makes sin look very appealing, and he entices us with it. 
The devil takes what God has created for good and he corrupts it. That is what he does and therefore he brings confusion into our minds, into our hearts, into our world, into our church, into our family. And he keeps us stumbling in the darkness. That's why people are so easily led astray. That's why people are so easily swayed and, and they don't know what is right and what is wrong because the devil comes and he brings confusion into us. That is why people often have sexual intercourse with other people who are not their spouse and they think that it's okay to cheat. That's why people choose to have an abortion because they believe this is my body and I can make a decision for myself. That's why men are dressing like women and people are choosing what gender they want to be and they can live without any consequences and there are different paths to heaven. People are so confused because the devil has come and he has brought confusion into our world. And it's time that as Christians we stand up and we decide that we are not going to allow anything that is impure to continue, but that we can decide to live changed and transformed lives. May you allow God to change your mind and change your attitude. May you allow him to let his light shine to drive out the darkness, to expose the things that should not be there so that we truly can see the wrong that is happening in our own lives, in our world, and to deal with it and get rid of it. God wants us to stay away from anything that is impure and not take part in it, have nothing to do with it. In our world today, people are so careful not to offend each other and to be politically correct about everything. But what about the things that offend God? What about the things that grieve him? He wants us to change, to change our minds, to change our attitudes, to be made new and see things from his perspective. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me and it's not about you. It never was and it never will be. God is the one that we must desire to give glory, honor, and praise to in everything that we do, in every area of our lives. That means in our speech, in our life, in our love, in our faith, and in our purity. You can decide to change. Allow God to renew your mind and your attitude. Stay away from anything that is impure. And I believe with the songwriter, may we also be able to say, change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may it be like you. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to a different standard of living. And Lord, in these times, we pray that you would help us to search our hearts, that your spirit would bring about conviction about the things that we need to change, the things that we need to work on and improve and get rid of. And we pray that, Lord, you would transform our minds and our hearts, that you would change our attitudes and that you would help us, oh God, to be more and more like you, to desire to live lives that are holy and that are pleasing, and that you would help us to flee from things that are impure, things that are not of you, and that, God, you would continue 
to help us to change. And so, Lord, may your blessing be upon each individual, whether Christian or not. And we pray, Father, that you indeed would open up our hearts and our minds to you, that we would be led by your spirit, and that, God, you would help us in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge you, if you are a Christian, to take this message seriously, to ask God to help you to bring about changes in your life. And to those of you who may be watching who are not Christians, I want to challenge you to make that change, to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to see and experience that light that only he can bring. The prayer is simple, and we want to pray it with you, and we want to lead you into this spiritual journey. And so we ask that you contact us. Let us know if there is some way that we can pray for you and help you as you make this decision to change. God bless you.